read uh, John 21, verse 1. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. Well, I'm looking uh, this evening just at this one verse, uh, and my subject for this evening is Jesus showed himself. He is showing himself to his disciples. And I'm just going to do a brief uh, devotional study, something a little bit different, uh, before we continue with our Genesis uh, series, uh, God willing, next week. So here, this, here is an event that uh, we are all very uh, familiar with, a post-resurrection event, Christ appearing uh, on the beach uh, to his uh, disciples, one of his many appearances that he uh, privileged the disciples with before uh, uh, he went up to heaven, before the ascension, showing himself, giving proof after proof that he is risen uh, from the dead. Infallible proof, showing them the marks on his hands to convince them, the marks on his side, in one case to convince Thomas not to be unbelieving, it was hard for them to uh, believe that he was truly risen. No one had risen from the dead before. It was such a big thing. And initially, some of them, we read, doubted. And they struggled to believe that, that, that this Jesus whom they saw was the same one with whom they had spent three years and had, uh, who had taught them and loved them and protected them and been their best friend. But now, uh, all these appearances are given to them to give them that firm persuasion that it is indeed uh, He, the very uh, same uh, Jesus. They have this unshakable conviction given to them that it is He, and they'll need it. They're going to need it because they're the ones who have been entrusted with the gospel. They're the ones who are going to have to carry the gospel to different parts of the world, and it's not going to be an easy task uh, for them. There's not going to be a smooth uh, task with them. It's not going to be a bed of flowers for them because they're going to have to face opposition. They're going to have to face difficulty as we read even of some of the things which happened to the Apostle Paul uh, in Acts. Ridicule, opposition, suffering. But how will they be sustained? By knowing this, that their Savior is risen. He's no longer dead. He's alive. He's aware of them. He's with them as He has promised uh, he, will, he, will, he would be. And He will enable them to endure those hardships and to uh, persevere. But I, I really, I'm not going to go through the, the passage, but just really focus on this one verse and look at it in a devotional uh, way. Uh, because it's just some thoughts uh, which came to me as I was meditating uh, upon it. So firstly here, we see that Jesus showed Himself to His disciples after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples. It was an exclusive viewing. He didn't show himself to everybody, everyone in Jerusalem or everyone in Galilee. Uh, here, they're, they're in Galilee, but uh, he shows himself specifically to those who are his disciples, to those who followed him before, to those who believed in him, to those who trusted in him, to those who had depended on, upon him, to those who loved him, they were given this privilege of seeing the risen Christ. Why, we may say, 
And some people say, didn't he show himself to everyone? Wouldn't that be such a wonderful testimony? Wouldn't that be such a, an evident proof to the unbelieving world that uh, he was risen from the dead? Wouldn't people immediately respond and say, oh yes, this is the same Jesus, we must believe in him? No, it wouldn't happen that way. Because we know well, from Scripture and from even our studies uh, of, of Scripture and our own experience, that the heart of man is so far gone, is so far fallen, that even the greatest miracle presented before him will not change his heart. It will not truly uh, persuade him to uh, give up all and to follow uh, Christ. They'd had a lot of miracles already, and it hadn't changed them. And then they would have found an excuse or a way around the, this one had it been given uh, to them. That, but here, uh, uh, or rather proof enough was given to them that he was the Messiah, and they had rejected it. And so even though naturally speaking it would seem like a good idea, it doesn't uh, really get to the heart of man and would have little impact. Besides, these, the, the un, many of the unbelieving Jews had ridiculed Christ. They'd spoken against him. They'd opposed him. They called for his death. Why should they be given this privilege of, uh, of, of uh, seeing Christ? They, had, they were unrepentant of the horrid treatment that they had given to him. And so they, they lose out, in a sense, on the privilege of, of seeing, uh, seeing him. So, friends, here is a lesson as well. The Lord does not reveal himself to the unbelieving world who reject him and hate him, but he does show himself to those of us who love him and who follow him. We are, we are very privileged in that, in that sense to have uh, this sight of him. When he returns at his second coming, then, then every eye, we, we read, shall behold him. Every eye is just, I don't know how it will be, because being in different parts of the earth, uh, and how every, when Christ returns, but we are sure that as the scripture says, when Christ comes back in the clouds with all his holy angels, and every eye uh, shall see him, and uh, with the naked eye. So this is our first thought. Jesus gives this exclusive viewing of himself to his disciples. But then secondly, we can see how believers themselves have a de desire to see Christ. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. Believers have a, a desire to see Christ. Again, something that is not natural to us, something that we were not born with, something that only comes with conversion. Unless we are really converted, we will, we will never say, I want to see Jesus. Right? It's only believers and awakened souls who desire to see Jesus. When we come to God's house, we want to find him there. We want to find Christ. We want to hear about Christ in the preaching. And if we don't hear about Christ, we don't learn something about him or his, his kingdom uh, and his glory, uh, then we feel a little bit disappointed. We feel a little bit like we haven't been fed if we've heard nothing about him. When we open the word, we, we look for Christ. We desire to, to see him uh, in the scriptures. Search the scriptures, Christ said, 
for they are they which speak uh, of me. And when, when, when we look, uh, when we open the word, well, we're looking for him. Uh, the, we see him, I think, in all the scriptures, but I think especially in the gospels. Well, how privileged we are to have those four gospels where we can see and follow Christ in his movements and as well as uh, hear something of his own, very own words uh, that he spake. But in every act, in his touch, uh, the way he touched the leper and the other things that he did uh, to indicate to us his compassion, his mercy, his love, his glory in some way or other well, is recorded for us in the Gospels. And uh, it's, a, it's a blessing and, and to see in such a clear way those records of the ministry of Christ. We're thankful for all the gifts that he gives to us. We're thankful for all the gifts that flow to us from his hands, the answers that we have to prayer, the deliverance, the help that we receive. But the, uh, the believer's chief desire, isn't it, is to see Christ, is to uh, get to know him a little bit better day by day as we're going on in grace and uh, going on uh, to know him. Still we feel I haven't really got to know him. Still we feel I've only known a very small part of him, even though we may have walked with Christ for many years. And we, our desire is, Lord, show me more of thy glory. Show me more of thyself. We're thankful for the gifts he gives us, but it's he himself that we desire to see. And the, the desire, we could say, is reciprocal, because Christ also desires to show himself to his people. He doesn't, sometimes he hides his face for a reason, for a purpose. But you remember how uh, on the very first day of his resurrection, uh, he appears to his disciples. They were sad, they were downcast, uh, they were uh, gloomy about all the things that ha had happened, very disappointed. And But the Lord, on the very first day, he didn't keep them waiting long before he made that appearance to them. But on the very first day, he shows himself uh, to them. It's in the heart of Jesus Christ, this desire to be with his people, to show himself uh, to, uh, to them and uh, to uh, teach them and, and so on. Now, of course, we do not see, uh, see him as we see one another with our naked eyes. It's only by the eye of faith. That's how we can see him. Uh, but uh, why? We may ask, why do we uh, desire to see him? Why desire to see uh, Jesus Christ above all others? Well, because he is above all others. He is, there's no one uh, like him. He is, as we read in the Song of Solomon, the altogether uh, lovely one. Whatever angle you look at him, we see something uh, wonderful. We see something uh, glorious. We're lacking in courage. Where we see uh, his boldness. We see his courage in the face of opposition. We're feeling down, we're feeling sad. He is the one who comforts us. He is the one who can cheer us, who can cheer our soul. We're struggling in our fight against uh, sin. Well, he is the one to whom uh, we turn to help us. Have we uh, fallen in some way? We go to him and we ask uh, for forgiveness and we find uh, we desire his blessing and his smile again upon us. So uh, believers desire to see uh, Christ. And then thirdly, Jesus showed himself 
we read here again uh, to his disciples. And verse 14 tells us it, is, it was the third time that Jesus showed himself to the disciples there on the beach. The third time, that is, as a group, to, uh, to a group of disciples. Of course, there were many appearances in, in that period between his resurrection and ascension. Sometimes he showed himself to individuals, to Mary, uh, to Peter, we read of in, in Mark's Gospel, I believe, and also the two disciples and the road to Emmaus. But when it says here, the third time, it's referring to the third time to the group of disciples. The first time, as we mentioned already, was the resurrection day uh, when, uh, when the disciples were gathered, that first, that Lord's Day. And then the, the week later, the next Lord's Day, again, uh, he appeared uh, to them. And this is now the, uh, the third time that he appears uh, to them. Once would have been enough, wouldn't it? Once would have been a great privilege for them. But now a third time uh, they see him and still more before he returns to heaven. Once again showing how Christ delights to reveal himself uh, to his people. And uh, the lesson for us, well, conversion was the first glimpse we had of Jesus. Do you remember it, friends? Do you remember the first time when you saw Christ by faith and believed on him? Do you remember when he said to you, I am your salvation. It was not the last time he revealed himself to you. He showed himself to you again and again on the Lord's days when you went into his house and in life, in answering your prayers and in guiding you through life. Again and again, our Savior has showed himself and we've had proofs that he is alive and he is with us. And then fourthly, the disciples, uh, we know, were in Galilee when the Lord showed himself uh, to them. He had told them to go there, told them through, uh, the, through women to whom he had appeared, told them through angels that they should go there, and they obeyed. They would say, go to Galilee, there I will see you. The disciples went and they waited for him. If they had gone to another city or another town, well, they would have missed him because he said, go into Galilee. And so the disciples, while they expected uh, to see him, they were in the, in the place where the Lord told them to go and where he promised that uh, he would show himself to them. They didn't know how he would show himself to them. They didn't know when he would show himself to them. But they just put themselves in that place and carried, went about their business. And in this case, they went fishing, but they waited uh, knowing that he would keep his word. The method and the timing are in his hands. He, in his own sovereign time, will show himself uh, to them. They could not dictate uh, to him uh, when, to, when to show himself. All they can do is wait for him. And uh, we remember once again the time when we were seeking the Lord, when we were praying to him for a salvation. We couldn't dictate, Lord, uh, give me salvation today, but we could only put ourselves in the way. We could only put ourselves in the way of repentance and faith and wait for him 
uh, to show himself to us. We had that promise from him, isn't it? Seek the Lord and you will find him. Call upon him and he will answer you. He will save you. We had that promise uh, from the Lord and we didn't know when he would do it. We didn't know how, in a sense, he would save us. Uh, we come in different ways. For me, it was through reading a particular Christian book uh, that explained to me, but some people often through us hearing us a sermon or some people in some other way uh, find, find the Lord. Well, we didn't know when or how it would happen, but we felt, we felt sure that as we kept on that way and held on to those, that promise, he would in due time reveal himself to us. And so uh, it happened. Uh, we, we found him whilst we were following uh, his commandments or uh, keeping a hold of his promise especially. Well, if, if we wish to find a friend and we cannot contact him by phone, one thing you may do is you may go to his house and there you're sure to find him. Once again, if you go to somebody else's house, <laughs> it's unlikely you will find him in somebody else's house. And same with Christ. If you want, you're seeking Christ here today, you find him it's a good place. You find him in the, in, the, in the house of God where the word of God uh, is being preached. You wouldn't find him in the pub. You wouldn't find him in some sinful uh, place of entertainment. But you will find him where his word is being uh, preached and expounded to you. You had to wait. We had to wait for a while for him. But we had that precious promise to hold on to. And it may be the same also for you. Don't know how or when you will find the Lord, but put yourself in the way, friends. And now also, as believers, we expect and we wait for his coming. We have that promise that he will come back again and we will see him and we will be with him forever. We don't know when that's going to happen. We, cannot, we know a little bit of how, but not exactly everything that's going to happen at that day, but in his own sovereign time, he will reveal himself uh, to us. What will we be like, friends? If the Lord comes back during our lifetime, how will he find you and me active for him, still having faith in him, still trusting in him, no matter what happens to us, no matter what we're going through? This is uh, what we should aspire uh, to. And then finally, we have here how the Lord revealed himself to them uh, while they were out fishing. Who would have thought that? that they, while they were out uh, in, in the boat uh, fishing, the Lord showed himself. And you know what happened? They had toiled all night and caught nothing. And in the morning, the Lord, standing on the shore, uh, told them, cast your net, the net, on the other side, the right side of the ship. And when they did so, they followed his his, his word, to their amazement, uh, uh, they had a huge catch of fish. And verse 7, John recognizes this. And he says, Therefore the disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. It is the Lord. How did he know? How did he know he was the Lord? Well, it's easy, isn't it, to answer that question. He'd seen it before. He'd seen it at the beginning of the Christ ministry, when the, the disciples were first called, uh, he'd seen a very similar event. 
and uh, where Christ, where the disciples had toiled again all night and caught nothing, experienced professional fishermen and caught nothing, and here is this man who told them uh, to cast their net into the deep again, and at that time, the beginning, they also caught a great number, and they were amazed and surprised at it. And now he, here John recognizes, he remembers. That's what the Lord did last time, those three years ago. And here it must be him again. And the first time, you could say, was a total surprise. But here, the second time, the second experience, you can put two and two together and work out it is the Lord's hand. I think we have similar experiences, isn't it? We've learned ourselves to discern the Lord's hand uh, today because we've observed how he has dealt with us in times past. We've seen him answer our prayers uh, on a number of occasions. Maybe at the beginning it was a, a big surprise to us, but then uh, we've, be we've begun to recognize more and more it is him who has heard our prayer. Sometimes, when, or when we initially, as new believers, we prayed for guidance, or we had an opportunity, maybe for a job, or some other opportunity came our way, and then suddenly that door closes, and we were greatly disappointed. And we, we had so, so set our heart on, on that particular job, or, or, or something else, and that door closes, or that thing was taken away. And then another door opened, a, be a, more, a better door, a more suitable door was opened for us. And we saw it was the, Lord's, the Lord who did it later on. And then a similar experience may happen to us some years later in the future when we are again seeking guidance about a particular thing. But then we recognize it a little bit better. Oh, it is the Lord's hand who does these things. It is He who opens one door and closes another. Uh, or some bitter trial. Maybe, or some chastisement that we are going through. Uh, maybe we don't, at the first, we, it's, it's, a, it's a surprise to us. Why am I going through such a bitter trial? Why am I going through such hardship? And if I'm a Christian, if I'm a believer, we don't understand it. It's a surprise. But then later on, we, we see the benefit of going through that trial. And uh, when we, it happens to us again, another trial, we, we also can say, it is the Lord isn't it? Or perhaps it's a chastisement. We've backslidden and we've gone into the world and we've left off our devotion and prayer and the Lord has had to chastise us initially. And then we, we didn't understand it at first. But then if we've had subsequent chastisements, we've begun to recognize, oh, this is the Lord's hand. It is the Lord who has also disciplined me because I've gone astray from him. Or one more, we could think about judgments. The judgments in the earth that happen. Again, we see how uh, this is the Lord. We can remember how in 1 Samuel 3 and verse 18, Eli said uh, to Samuel, uh, It is the Lord. Let him do whatsoever seemeth to him good. That was in response to the judgments that the Lord had revealed to Samuel would fall on Eli uh, because he hadn't disciplined his children. He hadn't uh, taken them in hand and uh, dealt with their sins, with, which they were doing. 
And so judgment was to fall upon Eli and Eli and his, his family. And Eli recognized it and said, it is the Lord. So even the judgments that we see uh, fall, falling on this world, we, we, the Lord uh, helps us to recognize that it is uh, from him. So friend, just a few thoughts uh, from uh, this uh, one verse uh, here tonight. Uh, let us ourselves as the disciples of Christ desire to see more of him who is altogether lovely. His attributes, uh, his uh, work, uh, his love, his kindness towards us, uh, his approachability, uh, his grace, his favor, uh, so many things and uh, 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 and ever keep in mind and remember what so many people have said, that one glimpse of Jesus Christ in glory will more than compensate for all our sufferings, for all our pains, for all our toils that we have in this life. So after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples.